0: Yeah, how are you? You. Good to see you. And on the other hand is morose and sad. So Simcha is there in the middle range, mm-hmm. the positive sense of life, self, joy, feelings of happiness. That's right where Simcha aligns itself. Another important thing to remember here in the Rambam is that these mitos are ongoing. Sometimes we think about simcha as something that happens in our life. Like we go to a simcha, we go to a chasana, we go to a siyum, we go to a bris. We're at a simcha. So it's a highlight period of time. But what the Rambam is talking about here is day to day. He doesn't mean attending a simcha, but the feeling that we have inside of ourselves on a day-to-day basis of joy in life. We use the term Simcha sachaim often, which I think is much more close to what the Ramam is talking about here. It's the day-to-day attitude of life. Doesn't mean a person can't have ups and downs in life. We all do. We have happier times. We have sadder times. But if we were to say, what are we shooting for, for our day-to-day predominant way of being? Simcha! Joy in life. And oftentimes that's internal. <laughs> as the Chachamim said, S'chok v'kalus rosh margilina sa'adam la'erva. Too much lightheadedness and giddiness brings a person to erva. Because people's boundaries go down, and there's just a sense of too much lightheadedness, they're not being careful, they lose their boundaries, and... That leads to erva. V'tzivu. Sh'lo adam parutz Now the Rambam defined this a little more carefully. One should not be bursting forth with laughter, meaning on a regular basis. Doesn't mean you can't have a good laugh here and there with a nice joke and a funny situation. But it means on a regular basis not to be bursting forth with laughter. Velo otze abel and not sad and mourning and grieving. Ella mekabil askol ha'adam bisever panim You recognize that from Pir To receive all, all people with a pleasant countenance. So once again, this is talking about the day-to-day. We're exchanging readings with somebody. You see somebody at the store, in class. Your kids come in the door, whatever it might be. Savor panim we're having a, a demeanor which reflects positiveness and joy. you know who said Mekabal Kolodomasei Rupanam Yafos People would say hello, right? Because that's how we, vi- we visualize hello And he embodied this of. But interestingly enough, the Tana who said this in of Ovo, Avos was Shammai. So we probably have a wrong idea. Shammai we view as very strict. And, and he often expresses strictness in the Gomorrah. But as a person, if you, if you meet him, l'chor, you see somebody who has sabre upon him, He'd be following his own dictum. V'chein, similarly. Now it's going to go on to a different midah. This one was more about simcha. and I'm just going to pause a minute because Sarah, I apologize, I lost the card. So please tell me the name of your mother, Allah Shalom, so we can... Miriam Bas Velvel in the and the Shamashavanalya. And the class, the Sheer is dedicated in her memory by our dear friend Sarah Bernard. Okay, so that was on the Simcha note. Now a different midah. I'm gonna call this appetite, but it doesn't really mean appetite for food. It means more so for physical things. Vichain Lo ba Baal Nefesh Rachava. A person should not have the nefesh rochava, an expansive need, neediness. Nivhal Lahon just constantly occupied with attaining fortune and material things. So this is a person who's really motivated. They're out there, but they're motivated for materialistic purposes. They have the nefesh rochava. They want everything, nicest house, nicest car, nicest vacation, Nice is everything, that's the Nefesh Rehava. So the Ramam says that's too far on that extreme. And also not just sitting around and not doing any work, unmotivated person. So they're not really striving for material things, not because they have goals of simplicity, but because they just sit around and don't do anything. You know, so the Ramam says that could be confused Oh, that person is very simple, they're very modest. No, what it really is, is that they have no sense of trying to accomplish something in the world. So, those are the two sides. Nefesh rochava, on one side, botol malacha on the other side. My Rabbi Zichon Livracha, Rabbi Twirsky, when he talked about this concept, he used the word appetites. And it was very striking because he used to say that in our times, people don't have needs anymore. We have appetites. Needs is that you need something. You need food, you need a you need a roof over your head. Those are needs. An appetite is, I want it. You know, I want it badly. So we, he used to say that we kind of crossed over that line. It's not exactly his law shown, from a need to I have to have it. And that's more so in the realm of nefesh rochava. A need is okay. Have to have it. That's not okay. That can drive a person crazy. El abal ayin tova, but a person who has an ayin tova, which means mamayid be esek they reduce. I'm going to call it their material pursuits. That's esek. Literally means business, but it doesn't mean literally business here. It means what you do to pursue your material needs. Soma might, you know, keep that at a minimum. the Torah and involve yourself with the study of Torah. So the Mira tova here description is Ayin Tova. The first one was Sameach, the second one is Ayin Tovah. We usually think about Ayin Tova as the way we look at people and the way that we look at the world, trying to see things in a positive way. It's a little different here. This ayin means that a person who is, has a favorable disposition toward their needs and accomplishing them. And you could say that sameach b'chelko is a part of that, it is, but ayin is more so of an attitude as to what we need in the world. Yeah, it would be nice to have him that, nice to have that, but I'm not going to just get, let myself got, get so drawn into it. Ayin tova. Va'oso hama'at. And here he says the second part, and that little bit, shahu Chalka, which is our lot in the world, yismachbo, rejoice in it. So interesting, he divides it into two things. First, our, first is getting our needs in order and trying to be balanced, and then when we find that place, try and be happy with what you have, Sameach B'chalka. That's going to be different for every person. There are a lot of people who are blessed with a lot of material uh, success. That's their chilek. They should be besimcha with that. That's what Hashem granted them. There are other people who are not blessed with material success. And we should try and strive to be besimcha with that. Now, you know, one might say, it's a lot easier to be samach b'shelko if you have a lot. Right? If I had a lot, I could be samach b'shelko. So there was a a, a a an entertainer. You probably know who I, who it is. I can't remember in the 1970s, and she used to say, "I've been rich and I've been poor, and it's a lot nicer being rich." <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Ella Fitzgerald. I, I think so, I'm not sure, but I want to make a comment about that. Did I get to be the, In my experience. Lavdavka, because you meet, you meet wealthy people who are not happy and the wealth didn't do it for them. And either they have other things in their life which they're unhappy about because everybody has that, rich or poor, or it's the scenario that the Chachamim describe of Yesh Lomona rotza Masayim, Yesh Arba Mea, so you have a hundred, you want two hundred. You have 200, you want 400. (laughs) Rabat Ryski used to say it doesn't stop at 400. That's just a Mida, it keeps going. You can talk to somebody who's got a lot of money, but they're not happy because they want a lot more. So this Mida has to be uh, developed and worked on no matter what a person has in the material sense. Because simply getting more does not help for this midah. Sameach b'chalko is what happens with this, with this midah. On the other side, a person who has less and struggles, like many people do, months to months, day to day, can't get by. It's a whole different nisayon to try and be sameach with that chilek. This is what Hashem has given me, trying to come to terms with that. That's a big avoda too. Very different nisoyonos, but it comes down to the same thing from different directions. What did Hashem grant me, and how can I find a way to be happy with that? Aviva, please. Zion starts, out on a know, one different topic than this. You're talking about two. Uh, why are they in, in both of Zion? You're talking about Simcha and then the Ayin Tov, that one, that one? Yeah. Yeah. No, the beginning is, um, somebody should be frivolous, and he should be Mhm. Yeah. I I think that's the thread there. It's two different kinds of simcha, but one's a state of being, the other is satisfaction with one hand. But they're both related to amida of simcha. Yeah. Very, very good point. It's a good connection. We also see, you know, the shades of meaning in a word in and Kodesh. And how simcha has different applications and different meanings. It's not just a one-layer One-dimensional word, as is the case with all of the midas. Okay, now the next one. V'loh ba'al katata, al kina. A person should not be quarrelsome. Kutata means to quarrel, to fight. You know, you meet people out there just looking for a fight. They're trying to argue about something. al kina, and not jealous. Now jealousy also is an extension or an associate mida with the lack of being sameach b'chalko. When one is not sameach b'chalko, we tend to put our eyes on other people's things and wish that we had that. V'loh ba'al taiva, and not a person who, again, is too (coughs) overridden with taiva, with desire. V'loh rodeif achar and not pursuing honor. Now, these ones the Rambam just states more quickly. The other ones, he gave us a few more... uh, phrases to describe them, but these are all in a certain way. uh, I don't want to say self-evident and that they don't have to be worked on, but we understand what he's talking about. Quarrelsome, jealousy, too much desire, pursuing honor. Pursuing honor could also be perceived as a person who's not sameach bechelko, That they need the honor in order to fill up that space that they have, that void that they have. (laughs) Kachamru chachamim and the chachamim said, Jealousy, desire, and the pursuit of honor take a person out of the world. That's also from Pirkei Avos, and a number of the things the Rambam says here in Huchos Deos are directly from or, or related to Pirkei Avos. The general principle is, yelech b'mida ha'beinonis shebuchodeya Try and walk in the middle, balanced area of each and every every midah. Until all of our midahs are right there in the middle range. said, Shlomo HaMelech said, Way out the pathway for your feet, palas is to way out. And establish well all of your ways, all of your Durachim in life. So, palas, this is a constant um, effort to weigh out one Midas. <laughs> the word scale and weighing out is often used with "metos," because if we visualize that kind of a scale, with this kind that of has two sides to it, so we all know you put something on this side and it goes like that, and then something on the other side and it goes like that, and that's how life is. It's not the kind of scale that you step on and chose the numbers, right? That's scary in its own way, I know, right? But this one is this kind of scale. And every every day in life, things are going to go on that side, things are going to go on that side, both externally and internally. And it's constantly doing this. We're constantly doing this to try and get ourselves in this balanced place. We don't reach this place of Simcha or Ayin Tov and, and sit there. Because something's going to do this in our life. Inside or outside, that's going to happen. Now we have to recalibrate, recalculate, as we hear so many times now from the GPS. And we have to make another step in this direction or, or that direction. I want to share with you a beautiful word I heard from Rabbi Shlomo Porter, my dear friend, um, about his rabbi, the Milwaukee rabbi, who was my Rebbe's father, Rabbi Aqab Yisrael Toursky, Rabbi Porter who grew up in Milwaukee. And it's on this avos of hakinah Vahataiva v'hakavod motzineh Sa adamina olam. And so, you know, we know the b'shot, that these th- three things can take a person out of reality. If we're too swept up by jealousy, desire, kavod, it just takes you right out of the world. We're no longer thinking straight anymore. So, Rabbi Porter told me that when he and his wife were first married, that they went for a visit to his rabbi, the Milwaukee rabbi, to see him, to get a bracha from him, and the Milwaukee Rebbe t- t- told him the following about what kind of home they should strive to build, their own bayis namun b'yithroah. So he quoted this of us, and he said to them, ha'kina v'ataiva v'hakava motzineh so'ad He said, so try and have the kind of home which is so beautiful that a person who is not familiar with our way of life will be jealous of your home, meaning, I'd like that kind of a home. Try and have the kind of life where a person who's not familiar with the Torah will have have a desire for that kind of home. Try and show the kind of kavod for each other in your home, mutual respect, where a person who doesn't have that will see that and say, I want that in my home too. Hakina vaHataiva kavod That kind of kina, taiva, and kavod will take the other person out, motziin es Minha min from his world because he wants to have your world. So set up a home which allows someone else to say, "Wow, I'd love to have that kind of a home." And they did it. Pardon me. Yeah, I think they did that, right? <laughs> yes, they, they sure did. Many, many people have been in the Porter home over the years. And, and been affected by that beautiful um, atmosphere. Of course, it never means that we're trying to imitate people, become somebody else. It means we're creating it in our own way, according to who we are. But what a beautiful shot in Pirkei Avos. This is actually written down in the Sefer from Rabbi Tversky, Zatzal. And I happened to see Rabbi Porter just um, a Shabbos or two ago at a, at a Shabbos table, and he sat over this void. So it was on my mind. And I'm glad that we were able to get it right here. Any questions uh, or comments so far? Okay, go on to the next parik. Parik Yamo. Maybe a person would say, being that these bad mitos, jealousy, the pursuit of honor, too much desire, that they're not good. And they take a person out of reality. So a person's going to say, I'm just going to stay away from these things completely. I'm going to go retreat all the way back from Kina. So they're looking at how negative these things can be and say, I need a full retreat from that or so they decide that they're not going to eat meat anymore. I know that's a big sensitive topic nowadays. and right. they're not going to drink wine anymore they're not going to marry a wife they're not going to be they're going to live a celibate life that they're not going to live in a nice home they won't wear nice clothing. Elahasak ha-kasha, they're going to dress themselves in this rough wool, almost like a burlap type of feel on your skin. Ukiyotse bohen, and similar things, kagon kohane ha kohavim, like the priests of the heathen nations. So they used to practice asceticism in many religions. The priests are the ones who deprive themselves of everything, and they live this very deprived life. The Rambam says this is also a harmful path. We are prohibited as Jews from walking in this path. That's not what life was meant to be with living in a state of deprivation. Person who chooses this path to walk in life, they're called a chote. They are transgressing. So how do we know this principle from, this is a chazal? We know it from nazir. A person takes a vow to be a nazir. There's also a Nizira. A woman can become a nazir too. It's not restricted to men, even though it's uh, talked about in men, because that was more common. So they make a vow. They can't eat any kind of grey product, and they can't cut their hair, and they can't go to funerals, etc., so it says about a Nozir after they're done with their Nozir service, which is a minimum of 30 days, it can be longer than that, but the minimum, Nezirus, Stam uh, zirus is Shloshim Yom. So it says, That this Nozir person has to have atonement in that he sinned on himself, on his own Nefesh. What's his sin? He's just trying to be a better person. Amru ruchachamem the ruchachamem say, Uma im nazir, just as a nazir, shelo Turning the page there, page twenty six. Elamin min All he did was separate himself from wine. Sorich kapora. He has to have a kapora because he's not enjoying something Hashem gave him in the world to enjoy. He needs kapora for that. A person who restrains themselves from all kinds of things in the world that are nice and pleasant. All the more so that they're called a chote. So it's interesting. The Rambam doesn't just say that that's a bad path, it's, it's a negative thing. Chote, fama to do this. And we learn it out from Nazar because he needs kapara. A person who is ascetic in all walks of life, that's a major, a major flaw in their appreciation of the world that Hashem has given them. L'fikach, therefore, tzivu chachamim, the chachamim said, Sh'lo Now this is the general principle. One should not hold themselves back Except for those things that the Torah itself holds us back from. The Torah already has a whole list of things that we cannot do. They're called the 365 losa, says, and the Torah, sh- shasal losas. it's a lot, and there are many extensions of them too. Plus you have a lot of yisurim and that we're not allowed to do. So that's enough, the Rambam says. You don't need to add to the list. That's plenty, that's plenty to be bon- mone'ah from. V'lo yeheh o'ser atsmo b'nadarum u'bishvuos <laughs> al devorim eleshata o'ser alecha, I'm sorry, al devorim ha And do not make vows and oaths to prohibit for ourselves permitted things. Kach amru chachamim. And this is how the chachamim <laughs> said it. L'odayecha mashah osra torah is it not enough that which the Torah prohibited? Elhashaata Osir Devorim that you have to prohibit other things for yourself? Lubi Tova. The Rambam then specifies included in this are people who are constantly fasting. And that's not good. Vasru Khachamim Shayheoda Misagaif Asmo Bitanis the Chachamim prohibited a person from torturing themselves with fasting, afflicting themselves with ta'aniyoth. Valkol ha ho'elu bohen Sivu Shlomo, Shlomo ha has an instruction for us regarding this whole way of thinking. And he says, "Va'amar Al-tihi tzadik harbe. Don't be too much of a tzadik. Just be a tzadik. Not too much of its attic. Vatis chakem yoser. Don't become too smart. We think that we're smarter than the Torah, smarter than the Chachamim. <laughs> they said this is not allowed. We're going to say, well, we're going to say this is not allowed. Don't don't be so smart. Lama tishomaim. Why should you be desolate? Why should you make yourself desolate? That you're deprived of many many nice permitted things that we have in the world. To enjoy. You probably heard the story. It's a famous story about Rav Shamshan Rafoah Hirsch, Dechot Sadak Livracha. When he was older in his life, he took a trip to see the Alps. And someone asked him, Rav Hirsh, why do you go see the Alps? Why did you take the trouble to do that? He said, When I get to Shamayim, Hashem's going to say to me, Shamshallah, did you see my Alps? So I want to answer yes. I want to say yes, Ribbon I saw your Alps. There's so many beautiful things in the world to enjoy. Why do we have to prohibit the things from ourselves? That's what the Rambam is saying. Work on that which the Chachamim and the, and the Torah itself told us. Don't go there. Don't do that. Otherwise, you know, enjoy the world. Enjoy yourself. Any comments or questions? Please, Dori. How would the Rambam do people who put on extra clothes, I'm sure they do it. You know, <coughs> It's a very good question. Dori's asking, very relevant, certainly uh, to us and to our times. How about people who are taking upon themselves extra khumrits? It could fall into this category. You're going to find an opinion that you're not allowed to do that. You'll find it out there. But 99% of the poskums say that you can do that. So why are we looking for that one postsake who says, don't do that? Unless he's your posaik. And when you have a rav and a postake and you ask him a shilas, if he is a responsible postake, then sometimes he's going to be machmir, and sometimes he's going to be mecham, make- and sometimes he'll be in the middle. That's what psaq, halacha, and hara is. So you have a postake and he says, you should be machmir here. Okay, that's one thing. He says, you should be mecham, that's another thing. Fine, that's your rav. But if a person is seeking out ways to be machmir and extra stringent, in my opinion... That's what the Ram is talking about. You'll find the source for it. But it has no place, really, in the context of our, of our own life. Second thing, I mentioned this point. It has to be coming from Yerashamayim. That if a person has a sense of Yerashamayim, they want to be a little more careful because they have that Yerashamayim. Okay. But another thing Rabbi Trusky, that's I used to say, is don't confuse bad nerves with Yerashamayim. He says, ne- neurosis, being neurotic is not your ashamayim. Maybe that's and maybe that's and maybe this is us That's not your ashamayim. That's just neurotic, neurotic behavior. <laughs> so your ashamayim is a sense of, Hashem is in my life. This is how I want to lead my life. I'm concerned in a proper way with Hadrocha that maybe I should take on that humra. So ask, ask Eshala and see, is that an appropriate humra? Don't just dive in. Get to ask Torah on that, a person who knows and can look at you and say, no, no, that's too much. No need for that. Or, yeah, that's a good Chumrah. Chumrahs have, chumrah's have a place in the Yiddishkeit. It's just that they're, they're not meant to be placed everywhere. That's not how we live the Torah life. So, Dori, that's how I see it. And one could lead into what the Rambam is cautioning us about here if they're not careful about the Chumrahs in their life. You read about certain tzaddikim, right, who take on many, many chormas. Okay, that's, those are people with phenomenal Yerash shamayim, you know, and they're concerned about every little detail of their life, not because that, that, that they have, have uh, neurosis, they Mamash, are, are watching every single thing that they do. So that's a different madrig of a person, and they're healthy, good people. If you met Rav Steinman, as I saw, when he was here in Baltimore, you looked at a happy person. People talk about Ushteiman and his simple living, which he did. You can see a picture of his apartment. There's nothing. And he barely ate. It's known. He barely ate. And you look at this person and his shiny face. He's not walking around like Oy you know. <laughs> another day where I can't eat too much, you know, another He's <laughs> a, a beautiful, a beautiful demeanor and countenance. So it, in that kind of a person, with genuine Yerashamayim and it doesn't affect the way that he's relating to other people which he was all the time so that's beautiful but for many people it just takes them down and it makes them think bad things about themselves they have to do more and more prohibitions they start to become rude to people because they're miserable themselves (laughs) so all these things it's not the Derecha Tov Vahayashor any other comments? Go, please. I'm trying to put the question together, but I'm wondering if there's a guideline you could suggest for how much leisure and leisure time we're also busy, and sometimes I feel guilty. And, you know, so we really want to be enjoying Hashem's world and taking care of ourselves, but is that isn't a question? That yeah, it's a great question. Um, I don't have a general guideline because I think it really depends On each and every person and how much leisure pleasure is in their life and how much is not. That's so much of an individual um, judgment. But just going back to balance, make sure that it is in your life and that you have just pleasant time that you spend uh, with your family. Just fun time. Go out and have a picnic and go for a little vacation if you can. Just uh, just do things that bring that kind of pleasure because we we live a very high-pressure life. We all feel it, and you see people raising families, living under tremendous pressure financially, time-wise, and everybody's working—the husband, the wife—it's the hard, it's a hard life, just to send your kids to school to pay tuition. Mm-hmm. So wherever you have the ability to go out and enjoy yourself with your kids, like Ma and my Um I think really. More so the emphasis in our time, is that we don't do enough of that. At the same time, and it's almost the stira, people waste a lot of time. Because of the phones. We're wasting time on the phones. We have to check the news again, even though we did it already three times that day, you know. to check it again and check it I do this myself. I want to see what's happening. So one thing is wasting time. And there are all kinds of ways to waste time in the world. The other thing is leisure time, enjoying yourself. Leisure time is not wasted time. That's very productive, good, family, fun. It's great. I think if we could reduce our wasted time, we probably would find we have more time for the things that are a little nicer. I think we, no matter how busy we are, I think that we waste time by doing things that don't, uh, things that are not really of significance. I'm speaking to myself. I look at my own day, and I see, you know, I spent 10 minutes over there that really wasn't necessary. I probably could have put that somewhere else in a better, and spent those 10 minutes better. So leisure time is one thing, good, productive, helpful, nice. Wasted time, that's another thing. <laughs> And I think what we do sometimes is that we make the excuse that our wasted time is our leisure time. I'm doing this to relax. I'm doing this to relax. Sometimes that's true, sometimes it's not true. We have to take a look at ourselves and see if it's true or not. Watching the news is not relaxing. Yeah, watching the news is not relaxing. (laughs) Reading the news is not relaxing, right? Every time I have the same conclusion. They said that about Israel. I'm already like you know. You. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> That's always how I finish that. Doesn't it? they said that? <laughs> I know that already. right? I don't have to do that five times a day. Any other questions, comments? Okay, let's see. Let's see one more. Do a thing. Yeah, you have time for one more. Base. You no, know, but you see here from the Rambam. What we really, really gather from the Rambam here is a healthy lifestyle, healthy, balanced, emotional, physical lifestyle. It comes out in all of his writings that are like this. Over here and in Shemot de'Prakim, this very healthy approach to Torah life. It's very beautiful. Tzoricha Adam sheyichavein libo v'chol ma'asav kula le'ida es <laughs> Hashem baruch Hu A person should try, I'm sorry, rather, i mistranslated, a person must, Mm -hmm. Sarif, must evaluate, must direct their heart and all the things that they're doing to know Hashem and to do that only. So here the Ramam has just gone from a perfectly balanced person, well-balanced person, and the goal of that is to know Hashem in everything that you're doing shivto And when we sit down, and when we stand up, and when we speak, that's meant to include a big swath of our life, sitting, standing, and speaking. It's all toward this goal of getting to know Hashem. Ketzai. So how do you do this? Kishayisa v'yiteinu no yasem if a person's doing business, or they're doing labor in order to receive pain, we should not hold it in our heart that we're simply trying to gather wealth. But rather to work so we can get money in order to buy things that the body needs. We have to eat, we have to drink. That's good. Via shivas and live in a house. Undesias isha and marry a wife. Good, healthy life. So if we're after the job in order to get the money, the Rambam says no. That's not. That's not the right kavana. That's a sub kavana. It's in order to get the money. In order to do something positive, torahdik, getting to know Hashem better with that money. So isn't that amazing? What's getting to know Hashem better in this context? Having food, having a nice house, trying to have a spouse, trying to get married, being married. So that's getting to know Hashem. The Ramam did not say, although he'll say it later, do this in order to do Torah and mitzvot only. That's part of it, a major part of it. Gather wealth in order to learn Torah and do mitzvot. But what the Rambam starts off with is gather wealth in order to eat and to drink and to have a nice house and to have a nice family. So that means that's part of Avodah Hashem. V'chein, likewise. When a person eats and drinks or has marital relations, lo yasim b'libol la'asos lehenos A person should not do this for the sake of enjoyment only. Notice he says, only. That you should do that for enjoyment, but not only for enjoyment. (laughs) Because that person will only eat and drink and have relations simply for enjoyment only. There are higher things than that. There's eating and drinking in order to be to have energy and to be strong to serve Hashem. There's marital relations in order to build intimacy with your spouse. So the pleasure part of that is, is certainly a major component of it, but it's not the ultimate goal. It leads us to the ultimate goal. Ella, but rather, Yosima libo sheyokhal v'yishtek kirei havros <laughs> kufo v'eivor v'alvad person can be eating and drinking in order to be healthy like the word bari to be healthy in your body don't eat everything that tastes good in other words don't eat it just because it tastes good because that's like a kelav and a chamor that's like a dog and a donkey that they're only eating because it tastes good Elo but rather eat, devorim ha-mo'ilim laguf, things that are healthy and that help your body. Imorim imetukim. Whether they're bitter or whether they're sweet. If you need to taste something that's bitter because it's good for you, so you've got to do it. If it's sweet, well, don't not eat it because it's sweet. I don't eat sweet things, right? Eat it, enjoy it, but know that it's in order to serve Hashem. Elo yochal devorim laguf, this should be self-evident. One should not eat things that are harmful for the body, even though they taste good. Candy. Candy has many versions in life. The children candy, the adult candy, it's all the same Khan. Now the Rama's is going to give us a little medical advice here for people who are looking for... for uh, what is he talking about? If your flesh is hot... Don't eat meat, don't drink, don't eat honey, and don't drink wine. Now it sounds like your flesh is hot. He may be talking about a fever. But I'm not sure because he has another word later that he uses for a fever. So I'm not quite sure if that's what he means. And, whether it is or whether it's not, whatever state that is, then wine and meat and honey are not good for that person in that state. What else to eat? Yeah, so I'm not sure, I'm just a little hesitant to say because sometimes he uses a different word for fever. But I think that's what, I think that's what he means. Yeah. Kenyan Shomar Shlomo, Yeah. Echol Devash, etc., Shlomo Amelach says, I'm sorry, I don't know the end of that pasta because so I can't fill it in for you. Vishose meho oshin afal pishahumar. Oshin, some kind of an herb. Even though it's bitter, it's good for you. Shenamar shosel va'ochel. Sorry. Did I, skip, did I skip a line? Yeah. <speaking in Hebrew> so you'd be eating or drinking these things even though they don't taste good because. They help you be healthy. the A person can only live by eating and drinking, so therefore try and do that in a healthy way. Similarly, he says, marital relations, you should do that in order to be good for your body. But that's a healthy thing to do, unless it's in excess. Of course, you want to reproduce and have children. But, but, of course, there's a certain time in one's life where that's not the case anymore. eno One should not have marital relations simply because they enjoy it and only for that reason. shayeda e'she ye'da she'hut'sorich l'hotzishuch This is talking about a man right now. When a man knows that he has to emit semen, like his body is in that state, he knows that harufu, and that's healthy for him. Hazera, or in order to reproduce and have children. And of course, I want to add to that, the Raman doesn't say it here, but certainly as Forum Hagadoshan and my Rebbe used to talk about it, which I mentioned earlier, about creating intimacy and closeness between husband and wife. That relations are about that. They create that that binding between two people who love each other greatly. And that's a big part of the Kedusha in marital relations. If it's only about desire and achieving one's desire and satisfying one's desire, that becomes a very self-centered, self-involved kind of relationship physically, and it's also not healthy. If you're thinking about the other person and thinking about closeness and building that, that's Kedusha in in that very beautiful part of a marriage relationship. Okay, any comments or thoughts on this part? Okay, Yashukov. Aphrase of Hanukkah to everybody. Lichtig Hanukkah. And hopefully we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you,